Welcome to episode 8 of the Zero Analytics Podcast. Today's guest is Chad Hayes of Georgetown, Delaware. We follow Chad's journey from racing as a youngster in the Junior Sports in One class and winning the national championship in the late 80s, all the way to the days now where he wrenches for his son, Racing Hayes, who is on episode 9. Racing Hayes currently runs for MC Motorsports and is one of the top junior drivers in the country. It was pretty cool. This episode's a little bit different. Um, not only do we look into Chad's start in racing and his racing in general, as far as even starting a speed shop with his parents and going that route, but also all the way back to a complete circle where we get back to him getting his son started and some of the conversations both to the track and at the track that I think parents would be wise to maybe listen to this. I think there's a lot of valuable information that, that he shares with us. And it'll give you some insight into, you know, don't get discouraged if your kids don't start off where you think they should, because you'll see with him. And if you listen to racing, I mean, they go from having to pay their, you know, pay them to hold down the gas to now one of the best junior drivers in the country. And it's kind of cool to just hear in their own words, you know, the little journey that they've gone through. And I think it just gives everyone hope and makes everyone realize that it's not where you start, but it's where you finish. So, ladies and gentlemen, without any further ado, Mr. Chad Hayes. All right, so we're here with Chad Hayes uh, from Georgetown, Delaware. He's, you know, known worldwide for his racing. <laughs> but, uh, no, his, his son, Racing Hayes, we just got done. I did a little, um, like, my first little kids interview with him, and a very impressive young man. So, you know, something to be proud of. I know... You were actually outside of the room when I asked him a couple questions, but I think when you hear it, uh, if a tear doesn't come to your eye, man, I think like the kid respects you a lot, and I know just through us talking a little bit that you, uh, yeah. you know, you definitely admire that little kid. He's your heart, man. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, he's he's doing his thing. He's uh, we get emotionally involved too. Like you know, when he wins a, a big race, like we're we're tearing down. So, yeah. well, that's <laughs> so good, it's man. a lot of fun. A lot of we do our thing. Yeah, and he was, you know, we talked a lot about, um, you know, he was he was saying that on the way to races and on the way home from racing, you know, it's basically usually just you two, so you guys are spending a lot of highway hours and stuff like that. And he he alluded to the fact that you you know you'll draw up the track and kind of give him ideas the right line and how it's changing and stuff like that. And uh, you know, I instruct martial arts a little bit now, and I know that especially with kids, um, them being able to see something. So it's, it was something I guess I probably overlooked more than I should, but that's a really great idea for dads and people trying, you know, dads or, yeah. or, or teammates or something, just to try to help out. A lot of people are visual learners. So. Yeah. Yeah. Racing, he, he, uh, he pays attention. He, he, he learns a lot from me talking to him and things like that. And, you know, a lot of people say that, you know, your, their kid learns, better from somebody else like they listen to somebody else more but he mainly just wants to like he hangs out with me at the racetrack we stand at the fence and i'm like you know you see where banker's going in right there you see how you know y'all running watching boys right there so he's learned now to without me even saying anything to him i'll i'll notice he's at the fence during practice and stuff in between rounds and trying to figure the line out yeah well it's definitely paying off he's had um He's had quite impressive, you know, especially the last couple of years since, um, you know, he's been racing. I think he said about five or six years, maybe. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. You know, all the way from like just the local little kid cart class and stuff like that. But uh, the last couple of years, he's really turned on a lot. And um, 
just uh, if you don't mind, just for people that don't know, just take me through maybe the past couple of years, just kind of like a summary of um, you know, what you guys have been doing, where you've been racing, what you've been riding, uh, your success, and stuff like that. Yeah, I mean, uh, basically, I mean, from the very, very beginning, we named him Racing, so. I know, he has a know, hell of a name. We, <laughs> we were hoping that, uh, you know, he would turn out to be a racer, because he he's always been around the racetrack, you know, from since he was born, so he didn't really have a choice to, to not be in racing, I guess, but. You know, he got it. He wanted to start at five. I didn't push him. You know, we raced here and there. If he wanted to race one weekend, we would. If next weekend, if he wanted to just hang out with his buddies at the track, we'd do that too. But uh, yeah, he he started out like really slow. He would like get lapped all the time, and mm -hmm. he would come in and be like, "Did I do? Did I do good, Dad? You know?" He was like, "Yeah, you did good, buddy." But you know, evolved in. You know, we just took it slow. And, Eventually he got there, and I think the one of the turning points was uh, when he felt like he could win a race. We were actually, we would chase Chubbs, Chubb Shockley. Mm -hmm. We were chasing him. Like, that was like the, the, the benchmark locally in Red Plate, you know. Right. And uh, he finally got to the point where he, you know, he felt like he could he could run with him. He made a last lap pass at the, uh, it was like the Max Daddy weekend, but, it, you know, it was just a Red mm -hmm. Plate class. Man, he was... He was excited about that, so he from that point, he felt like he could hold the gas down finally, and and it went on from there. So, um, once he got, you know, I felt like he was good enough to be a decent red plate racer. I didn't want to just kind of stay local. I wanted to take him traveling right away. So we went to the VDK series, and we were on red plate down there for um, that that year in two thousand sixteen, I think. And uh, he made out really good. He raced against you know, Bertie Bajor and and um, a couple other kids that he races against now still. And uh, he done really good. He won the points championship in, in both of those that year. And then uh, after that, he picked up the premier ride. And we were very fortunate to have that. You know, Banker and Hermie Sadler and all them guys have always been, they treated us really good. You know, Brad Langley doing the, the junior tires. And he's had a successful two years with them for sure. So, and uh, now we've, we've moved on to another venture, you know, with the Matt Connell deal, so. <clears throat> yeah, we, um, maybe a month ago, a month and a half ago or whenever, we were, we were actually, both of our kids get to the same school, so we were at Donuts for Dads, and, and you said, like, you might have an opportunity to do that, and, uh, you know, I mean, that's, both of those rides yeah. I think anyone would like to have, so, um, you know, being able to, to at least maybe have two choices like that, that's, you know, that's big not only for you as a dad watching your kid, but also for him getting the opportunities to... Uh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know, either either ride is is, uh, is a good ride to be in, you know. I just, um, we just we just felt like we, that it was uh, it was that time to, uh, to make a move, and, you know, not too many people get offered, you know, to be able to even uh, be on the team with, with Matt Connell and MC Motorsports, so that's... That's uh, the, the choice we made, and now we're on the Phantoms and Todd Miller's motors and uh, riding with Matt Connell. That's good. So with that with that deal, so it's only, I guess, a few races old, right? Yeah. At, at this yeah. point? Yeah. So um, so tell me about that. I mean, do you, guys, do you guys talk during the week at all? Like, how does the whole operation work? I mean, obviously, you guys, you know, they maintain the mm -hmm. stuff, and then, um, you know, you got the long haul going to wherever you might be racing that weekend. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, we, we talk uh, through the week. We used to check in on Mondays or whatever, and, um, you know, maybe midweek. And then, you know, Matt pretty much has everything ready when we get there. We just 
get the carts uh, pre-teched and bolt the weight on, and he's he's got everything ready to go. So he he does a, a, a very precise job uh, getting everything ready for sure. Yeah, and uh, I don't know Matt personally, but obviously I know some people that know him, and I've always heard good things about his program, and obviously it shows on the track and mm -hmm. stuff like that. So that's great, man. Yeah. And so <clears throat> I guess transitioning back to, you know, you've been raced, you know, you raced for quite a while. You know, you kind of stepped out once your son really started getting into it. Mm -hmm. So he he said he's what, 11 now. Yep. So just turned eleven. Yep. So going back to when when you started racing and uh, back in the day in junior sportsman, which you were also a national champion. Mm -hmm. uh, tell me, like, tell me some of the things you've seen kind of just change in just the junior classes over the years, like from when you raced that class to where he is now. Oh uh, well, one the first thing that sticks out to me is the the age group. Uh, it used to be um, eight to twelve, and now they've they've separated uh, junior one to junior two, which is. Uh, Probably a good move because it's hard for an eight-year-old to be able to run with a, a twelve-year-old, and some of them just turning thirteen throughout that year. You know, so that was a that was a, a good change. But, um, you know, just the, the speeds. I don't know. I just think they're they're faster mm -hmm. today. Like I think you got carrying be, a whole lot more. Know, you got to be more up on the wheel. These kids are are um, driving some fast go karts. You know, technology's changed. You know, the carts have gotten faster, more roll speed, you know, a lot more adjustments to create more speed. And the motors have gotten better and, you know, just, you know, technology. You know, them things are getting around there now, you know, five years old, eight yeah. years old. <laughs> so. So, and uh, something that Racing alluded to when we were talking about it is <clears throat> he was saying that, you know, sometimes depending on what track you're going to, like you'll – you really talked in depth with him about drafting and things like that. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, back when you ra when you started racing, and I'm a couple years, I think younger than you. So mm -hmm. I mean, we used to race. Like, I mean, back then we didn't have bodies. We had a number no. plate on the front yeah, and yeah. and on the sides and stuff <laughs> like that. So is that? So obviously, I guess with the bodies and the tracks and stuff like that. I mean, it's it's a whole. It's something that you didn't really worry about as much. I no. guess back in the day. No, I don't think it. I don't think it. It was that big of a deal back in the day. I mean, you, when you. When you called a go kart, you were going around them. You were, you were thinking you were just going to drag them and pull on away from them, yeah. But right. you know, with the plate racing, uh, especially green plate and purple plate, is uh, the drag plays a a big role even on some of the smaller tracks. It's just you know it's hard to get away from the carts and stuff. So I mean, strategy as far as like drafting when to pass. You know, when you should wait, you know, maybe test it out, test the waters, get it out front and see, you know, if they can get back by you or not and how soon they get back by you. You know, we talk about that kind of stuff, you know. Mm -hmm. Maybe it's better to ride a little bit, you know, like the adults do. Mm -hmm. So. Yeah, and it's a, like you said, some of us, everything's a little situational. I mean, it kind of depends on who's in front of you. I know mm -hmm. the first couple of podcasts, I was asking everyone, like, from the last lap, like, what would you do? And I... <laughs> it's just there's too many variables to even I just stop asking that question, man. Because yeah. where you are, what track you're on, how good are you, how good are they, who are they, who uh -huh. are you? Yeah, I mean, there's a, a lot of things like that. So um, absolutely, yeah. But uh, it, it seems like something that is in common <clears throat> with a lot of people I've talked to so far that that I think are high level racers. I mean, including your son, that at a young age I always call it just race IQ, just mm -hmm. talking about it, being around it, and especially. There's a lot of dads that I think help their kids out, but there's not a lot of dads that have as much experience as you do. You know, I mean, there's only probably a handful of people in the country that started at a young age, have been involved in everything from motors to chassis to tire preps and 
and raced, you know, for, I don't yeah. know, 20-some years. I mean, yeah, that's... when you put it like that, I really don't <clears throat> think of it like that. But, yeah, you're right. I guess he had, he did have, you know, probably a good jump start on knowledge yeah. and stuff as yeah. far as, like, you know, the driving a part of it and the machinery. I, you know, like you said, we, I've done it all. I started building motors when I was 14, so. Right. When you, so I just want to get back to what... I guess what group or what age or what class were you when you won your national championship? Do you only have do you have one or two? Two. Yeah, yeah. Two. Um, tell me about your junior years before you started actually um, diving into the motor engine building hunt. Uh, well, I mean, I started at uh, Pineyack. We went down there in the uh, back of the pickup. Me and my brother used to share a go kart. My dad would have like the one of them little. L wrench, Allen wrenches, and he would like take the plate out for me and put the mm-hmm. put the carpenter <laughs> back on for Charles and pull like some pedal blocks off the front, and then it was set up for both of us. That's how we started. But um, but yeah, I mean, I guess you know when I we started getting serious about racing, um, we were dealing with um, Walt Breeding at Link Enterprises, and we've done some. Uh, most of the state races and stuff in the area, and we would go to Chestertown. Back then, you could take the same go-kart and run dirt or asphalt on, you know. Mm-hmm. And uh, we won a couple of state championships doing that with uh, with Walt and Link Enterprises and stuff. And Back then, Moon used to work for Walt. Ron Moon used to work for uh, Walt Breeding. And he got transitioned over to Robson Speed Shop, and he actually come talk to my dad about coming uh, and running with uh, Ronnie and them guys over there. So we made the change, went over there, and, you know, I was at the peak of my age group in junior sportsmen, so Dad was like, you know, he would spend the money if he had to, but he was, like, conscientious on money, so he knew that, you know, when we were at the peak of our age group, that's when he would we would put the time and the, and the effort to go travel to the series. And... Uh, we pulled it off with Ronnie and Ron Moon and them guys. We won the we won the junior sportsman championship in uh, ninety one. Is when it was. So we were on Robinson Speed Shop motors and trick carts and the, you know life was good for me at the time. I was <laughs> excited, you know. <laughs> so the second championship we we won in ninety four. We actually we borrowed a champ cart off of uh, Kevin Colburn. Okay. It was a. Uh, it was like one of the first Phantom uh, Stalker offset champ carts that was out on the market, and he would let us run it. And um, yeah, we were running Junior Restricted and Junior Super Stock and stuff back then too. But they introduced that Junior Champ Cart class, and that's where I got my second uh, national championship was in the Junior Champ class. We ran, uh, like I said, we got that cart off of Kevin. We run. Um, you know, Moon was building the motors at uh, Ronnie's shop. No, actually, Moon had moved then. We, he was in Jacksonville. He went okay. out on his own. So the second championship we won, we won it with Moon in, uh, in that stalker cart. So, I mean, it was, it, was, it was a cool deal. So did you have, before this started, and uh, we were all kind of sitting outside talking, you were mm-hmm. talking about a, a racing suit. Did that come before <laughs> the champ buggy? or? Uh, yeah. Tell me, tell me the background. The, Actually, uh, there's a picture that, uh, that more, uh, yeah. Yeah, there's a, there's a picture on, that Joey Morris posts all the time with that, when I had the Robinson Speed Shop suit on, <clears throat> that black, I mean, the, the, the red with the yellow and white lettering, Robinson Speed Shop, Apex suits with the box stitching and stuff. That was actually, uh, Kevin Colbert's suit. 
he had like handed it down to me and we changed the name on the back and everything. So yeah, I really felt like a Robinson Speed Shop you were team driver. Team, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so no, I definitely remember them, you know, back in the day, especially uh, even like looking at the WK magazines, like when they were the big deal, and you, mm-hmm. know, you could see the running, you know, you'd see the, the yeah. yellow running down the legs mm-hmm. and stuff like that, so that's cool. So so roughly, you said you started building motors and started putting the motors together around 14? Yeah. Yeah, my dad, we, we actually bought a dyno, and my um my uncle, he would, he would uh, build his own motors and stuff, and... uh he basically taught me, you know, how to roll a cam and check the degrees and timing and all that stuff. So, um, so I was just I would tinker around with building my own local motors and stuff when I was fourteen. You know, when I was running uh, like the junior, what they call junior three classes. Now, I would uh, we would play. Uh, you know, a lot of kids would go play and stuff, but you know, I wanted to work on the go kart. I wanted to, you know, know about the tires and learn about the chassis and I was into the motor deal and stuff so I wanted to get into it you know so we, I just started building my own local motors and stuff uh, on our own and then we would run Ron Moon's motors when we traveled and stuff and uh, Moon actually would, would teach me some stuff you know back then mm-hmm. <laughs> I'd go up to Robinson <clears throat> Speed Shop and hang out with them boys and you know, as you know, a little bit later on, uh, Kevin, I would go over to Kevin Colburn's shop too and hang out with them. You know, when I got on that champ cart deal, I would, I would go hang out with them, take motors apart for them, and uh, it was it was a fun time back then. I just I like I enjoyed getting into the motors and the tires and the go kart part of it, and uh, you know, I even helped out a few times with with uh, Ron Moon at at the uh, Charlotte Nationals. I will never forget it. We were at the the Grand Nationals there on the dirt track behind the mm-hmm. Speedway. And um, we won the Junior Superstock class by a rate good margin. And uh, Ron come, Ron Moon come running down to, to the scales. He was like, what, you, what were you on? And I had put um, Continentals on the left side and Dunlops on the right side. And he was like, get out of here. That's what you ran. So then he went and put it on his cart, and he won. And then, yeah, it, uh Nathan Davis, he was running. He went out there. I think he won a class. And then, you know, Ron would talk about it. He would tell people in the pits. And I felt proud back then, you know, that he would say, this kid here, man, he, like, he makes his own tire choices and stuff like right. that. Yeah, so Hell yeah. It was, it was fun. <coughs> Absolutely. Yeah. So uh, what, uh, just out of curiosity, what would you call the motor? Did you have a name for it then? Was it Haze Power then? or? Yep, Haze, Haze Power. <clears throat> yeah. Just everybody back then was on like you know moon power and right. So I just come up, you know, it was haze power. Um, I actually used to take and cut the stickers off of like the HP on the mobile, on the mobile one bottles. I would cut uh-huh. the stickers off of them and like glue <laughs> them on the on the side cover and that's just fun. it would just say HP. That was like my first sticker, but yeah, that, that's what come up with the haze power. That's funny. So when mm-hmm. so you were so when when did you start? Um, so after I guess are you still in high school when you're uh, you know you're so you're building motors and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. When um when did you start really? I guess when did you guys open up like the speed shop and stuff like that? Um, uh, just rough. That was just right. I mean, right at when I was graduating high school. Which is yeah, a few years after that. No, it was like right at when okay. I was graduating high school. Like like, I think I was a senior. So okay. I would I would come home like drop the book bag and go out there and build motors, 
you right. know, for people and stuff. We maybe had, we started, we had maybe 10, 12 customers that were building, you know, we were building motors for. And then, um, you know, dad decided he wanted to uh, get into selling the parts and stuff. So that was like his deal. He would take care of the parts. Mm -hmm. I would do the motors and the cart setups and stuff. And um, now was that? And we went down to Dixie Karting and picked up, you know, like $5,000 worth of parts, which was like three boxes. Yeah. Right, right. And that's how we started HP Speed, but, yeah, you know, my dad had it. They've had a lot of fun doing the HP Speed deal, for yeah. sure. And, uh, and, and honestly, if it wasn't for them over the years, <clears throat> we wouldn't have tracks or people racing around here, in my opinion, you know I mean? Yeah. Um, they've done a lot for the sport, whether people want to admit it or not, mm -hmm. you know what I mean? So, um, Absolutely. And when you... First of all, it's pretty impressive that you're, you know, you're building motors and stuff like that. And, I mean, even 10 or 12 customers, I mean, that's still a lot, in my opinion. And that's when you're still in high school, you know what mm -hmm. I mean? That's, I think when I'm in high school, I just was, like, just trying to barely wash the go-kart, right. you know? So, uh, that's definitely yeah. different than, uh, you know, a yeah. lot of kids these days. Yeah, but, I would have people come over and scale the cart out <clears> and, you know, help them with the tires and stuff. Yeah, which wasn't as crucial back then, you know. Was that, um, was Robinson Speed Shop still open? When you guys yeah. first started, right? Mm -hmm. So how, like, so you, you know, you're this little, you're this little family over here. You're going to get a couple boxes of parts, and not that you're directly competing against Robinson because obviously they're a little more national. They're doing a lot of catalog mm -hmm. sales and stuff then. But even to get that, I mean, that's in my, I mean, that's a pretty ballsy move to be like, yeah, like we're gonna go like carve out our little niche and get our people mm -hmm. and stuff like that. Like, what you guys worry about that? Where you just figure there's enough? I mean, because at that time we had a few more go karters, but you, yeah, your dad's pretty good at business too. Mm -hmm. I mean, just outside of just the go kart world. I mean, you know. Yeah, I think he was just you know he was just he loved the sport and I loved the sport and it was a good family thing. You know, we were always together in the shop. You know, right. whether we were arguing over who took the tie straps out of the parts room, didn't write <laughs> it down, or <laughs> you know what I mean, but. Um, and I guess really there was a need for another shop at that time because mm -hmm. a lot of go karters are you know, right around where you guys are from, like the Milton, Georgetown area. And yeah. it's a good, you know, 45-minute ride to an hour ride for a lot of people just to get to Robinson Speed Shop if they needed something during the week. So it was... Um, right, you know. yeah, there was a lot of carters in the in the area where we first opened up at. And uh, I feel like, yeah, there probably was a need for it. Um, you know, like you said, Ronnie, he was he was doing a lot of the national stuff and back then. And I just felt like that the, the local crowd was like, there mm -hmm. for the taking you know if you, if you just paid a little bit of attention to them that you know and helped them out and if you took them from running six and now they're running third i mean they were like that was an improvement you know it was it was, it was fun for me i i like that's that's the part that i like because i love competition like i get so involved in wanting to win i i, I like to win you know <laughs> so yeah. i work really hard i just really put a lot of thought into what i did and I would just build motors randomly and just set them out on a table out in front of my trailer where I would race at, and I would sell them, like, cheap because I would use, you know, maybe some used parts in them and stuff to get somebody back, you know, into the sport at a, at a good price, and they would go out there and run the motor, and they'd run good, and then, you know, just one thing led to another. We're scaling carts, and next thing you know, I'm designing, building my own clutches. I had snatch clutches for a little while, for a couple of years. I forgot about that, snatch clutches. And, um... We were building go-karts, you know, I started the, the nuclear deal just because I rode a couple different carts, and I, 
always curious, man. I want to know why things work a certain way, and mm-hmm. I want to feel that change and have the the opportunity to, you know, build our own cart and kind of just do our own thing, man. That's what I was all about. I wanted to be in-house everything one-stop shop you know we build carts we build clutches motors everything but that can get you in trouble too when you do it all because when you sell the whole package to somebody and they're still not winning they're like well i bought your clutch i got your motor i got your car yeah it's gotta it's gotta be hard man when uh especially when you know a lot of times the people that are blaming you are the ones that you know, they say they have an inch dagger and they got three eighths. Yeah, you know I mean, it just every time when I would go down there and try to help them and fix the problem, it was yeah. always something like that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, that's that's what I always tell people. They're like, man, how come you don't do tires for more people? Like when I was doing tires, I'm like, man, just doing them for for one dad's bad enough. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like I hate listen to anybody bitching and complain. I, yeah, I'd rather just listen to one instead of twenty. But mm-hmm. um, so that's got to be hard. And and how like we were talking a little bit earlier too on I you know I know for me just. You know, you guys, you did it the right way. You had all the equipment. You went, you know, you traveled a little bit and stuff like that. It's hard enough just to get your own little race program. I mean, tell me about, I mean, you've, you've talked about staying up overnight and, you know, your stuff coming last and stuff like that. I mean, yeah. I mean, it's, how do you, you know, is that hard for you? I mean, especially someone that's as competitive as you and, you know, you want to be out there, but at the same time, you know, you got a conscience. So you're trying to help yeah. your customer because without the customer, you know, it's yeah. like a little, it's a weird thing. Yeah. How do How'd you kind of think about that, and what are some thoughts on that, just for anyone that might even I think just, about getting into it? I just I went, I just went hard, man. I just I loved it. I didn't even really think about like how many hours I was putting into it, you know. Um, but I would always put the customer first. You know, I'd always get all their motors done and everything first, make sure they're all ready. What I had to get done for the weekend, and then, you know, I would squeeze my stuff in at the last minute. You know, we would work countless hours. Me and you know, Chad Reed, honestly, we would work till two, three, four o'clock in the morning, almost every night of the week. And then have to get up at seven, do our day jobs, mm-hmm. come back home, eat dinner, get home at four thirty, eat dinner, be back at the shop at six and do it all over again, man. We were scaling carts and building carburetors and rebuilding clutches and building motors and putting carts together. Um, man, it was fun. We just, it was just, we loved it so much that it was just, didn't even really think about the hours. But, you know, last minute we put our stuff together. And a lot of times when we go to a state race, we would work all night. Sometimes I would just go home, get a shower, come back, hook the trailer up, and pull in about the time practice is getting ready to start. You know? <laughs> but. So let's see if there's a, maybe some young people that have ambitions of, getting into carding for like a full-time deal not yeah. that not that they need to live around here but I, I mean like i said you've done clutches you've done tires mm-hmm. motors tire prep um like what any advice for anyone that might want to get into it like to get into the, to yeah just the like as a, yeah. yeah uh you know i would i would just start local for sure right and um buy a good used cart that's a year or two or a couple years old and uh just Listen to uh, one person. That's the main thing when you get into it, because the tires is is everything. But you know they got you got to learn the you got to learn the you got to learn the tire game even at the local level. But you know get in with a local cart shop or somebody local that 
you know, does tires and, and uh, help you get led in the right direction. That's basically right. what I'm thinking. Yeah, and but. and as far as, like, if there's a dad that has her kid racing, and, <clears throat> like, at what point, or how did you kind of approach, like, as far as your son racing, when mm-hmm. he got started until you're like, yeah, we're ready to make that next step to maybe go to a, a state race out of state or something like that. I mean, was there, right. was it the breaking point you were talking about where, he held down the gas and yeah, finally it was. like it just takes speed. a lot it just it just takes a lot of practice you know and the, and the kids only get to practice once a week right mm-hmm. you know most sports you get to practice you know you can practice all day long but not everybody's got a go-kart track in the backyard so when you your kid starts out and and they're young it just takes time for them you know some kids learn it quicker i've helped some kids out like you know um one name that sticks out to me is jb loomis I mean, right out of the gate, he, he just picked it up, mm-hmm. you know. Some kids are just, they just pick it up. Some kids take a, a little bit longer to get there, but once they get it, they're just as good, you know. Yeah. That's something I'm kind of thinking about. When you brought up J.B. Loomis earlier, and uh, he's from our local area, and Alex raced against him. Mm-hmm. And I agree, I mean, for, for someone to pick it up, like, he, he did it pretty quick. <clears throat> so yeah. the thing I'm kind of thinking in the back of my mind, and I've always kind of thought, is his dad, um, Jim, he owns a little, like, a, a fun car uh-huh. place around, like, the beach area and stuff like that. So that kid probably has more laps than anybody, even though maybe it's not all. Yeah, he did say track. that. Jim did say that, that, mm-hmm. he would, that he would run a lot of laps around the uh, Midway Speedway there. there you go. That's what I was always curious, because um, Brian wants to get wants to get my kid in it and um, let him ride one of the go-karts. And I was thinking, man, like, is it better just to get a yard cart and have a little circle and just send him out there for a year it straight? Is. to get him to, to do get anything. Like, yeah. you know, um, That's how I got started with, like, a little yard yeah. cart. Yeah, yard cart or even, you know, a small uh, four-wheel or something. Just get mm-hmm. them riding something so that they're, you know, the hand-eye coordination's there, you know, the, you know, distance is there when you're coming up on an object, you got to turn. Yeah, just anything, man. I put I put a steering wheel in racing's hand when he was born. You know, he, right. like <clears throat> I would buy him just the racing toys and all that <laughs> stuff. You know, right? Um, but I mean, if you if you the turning point as far as like getting getting your kid to go to the next level, I guess is you know you'll see it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, the kid is involved. He wants to do it. He can't wait till Friday or Saturday to get to the racetrack. And uh, you'll just see the speed difference. Yeah, no, I agree with that. On um, so back to say like, especially in our area, like more like the Delaware area. I mean, there was a time, I mean, for quite a few years that you guys, especially on like Friday nights and even on Saturdays and stuff like that. I mean, you really had a dominant. In my, I mean, a team, not just one person, but you had you know five or six guys that were really running good in different classes and stuff like that. And it almost seemed like from a distance too that because you were winning so much is like a lot of people like I mean, because they just didn't like it or for whatever reason, like they would go out there and um you know, I mean it, they wouldn't beat you on the track, but like they would talk shit or whatever and mm-hmm. and I and it's and in my opinion <laughs> it's not necessarily that um you know, I think someone was maybe jealousy or just being competitive or whatever, but like how do you how do you deal with that? Like it's got to be hard for someone that likes the sport. I mean, I mean, loves the sport, obviously. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And like, how is it hard for you to deal with? It's just like you know, some people said the haters fuel it or no, whatever. Listen, but I mean, back did, then, yeah, you know, you're you're talking to a different Chad now, but I mean, back then, I mean, I loved it. 
Yeah. I loved it. Like, I mean, if they were up there, you know, we go to scales and they're talking shit and sometimes we get in a confrontation and it's face to face. I loved, I loved it. Like, it never bothered me at all. Like, maybe I look mad, but and when I got to the trailer, I was like, wait till next week. You know what I mean? I'm going to dig deep. I'm going to work even harder, man. I'm working nonstop. I mean, I go through my construction job with my dad, but then when I got off work, man, it was just straight go-karts. And all I thought about was go-karts all day at the construction job. Mm -hmm. It was like, needed the fuel for the fire. Right. I mean, honestly, when I lost, you know, kind of like wanted to kind of let it go is when there wasn't no fuel to, to feed the fire. Like, because I, I loved it. Like, it, it motivated me so much to just keep digging and, um, get even better, get a notch better, and yeah, I just loved it, man, it was just the drive that you needed, it never bothered me at all, I don't know, yeah. <laughs> maybe it's different for other people, but, yeah, no, I don't know, I mean, I'm, you know, <laughs> I witness it, I've, you know, from afar and stuff like that, I'm just kind of curious, man, because it's, you know, I think, even when, I mean, there was a period of time for the local racing where, like, you know, your, your mom and dad really stepped up, and, mm -hmm. I mean, several times, several years, um, not only them, but people associated with you. I mean, Jay Darling, and just a lot of people that come from yeah. that little group that have helped. And it, it's kind of, it's a tricky situation because I, you know, I always thought that they had the best interest. Um, I always bought tires from your dad. Mm -hmm. I mean, as far as, like, I, I don't know, but I think that especially people that race local, we, we kind of never really ran a lot of local stuff. So when we, you know, from a distance, it was like, well, if you're not running their their motor, but they're running the track. Everything's again. It's all this weird kind of shit. Yeah, but man. it was never ever like that. Like we used to hear rumors of them, you know, people saying that we had secret meetings on Tuesday nights and all that. It's was like, wow. But no, my mom and dad always put their heart into the what was in the best interest for the Carter. No matter what what motor brand you run or where you bought your parts, I mean, it showed. You know, a couple of years that they were running the place, they were having $50,000 banquets, you know, mm -hmm. when Jay Durham was down there, um, you know, kind of doing the track thing and yeah. uh, promoting the track and stuff. And then, you know, they had a board of directors that were, you know, on the board back then that they all worked together. They put, they put a really good banquet together, saved their money, did their fundraisers and stuff like mm -hmm. that. It wasn't just like money that they took in from the track, but they would do, sell like Joe Corby's pizza and stuff like that. Right. To build up the points fund, so I mean, definitely they put the interest into the car. No, I agree, man. And just like um, you know, there's plenty of people around here that have done the same thing, and um, you know, it's just it, it's like you try to help it out, and you know, they're trying to help it out to keep the sport alive. Not only because you know they've been around it just as long as you have, mm -hmm. but you know, they're trying to you know keep a little money going and stuff like that. And it's 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 got to be hard for them too. I'm sure, like they're putting all this effort out there. They're doing a speed shop. They're having meetings. They're running the track. They're doing all this shit. And mm -hmm. it's like and and people are just nonstop bashing them. And I I, I can never do something like that because I you know I I'm just not that type of person. Like I just get tired of hearing the shit. And yeah. I, you know what I mean. But yeah. So it's it's amazing that um you know I I wish you know I wish it was still like that. Like you said, man, when they were running it, and not just because of them, but. Just in general, I mean, it they did things the right way and it showed, you know, like mm -hmm. you said, the bank Yeah, I mean, if you know, I mean, if you notice, like, the meetings, the general meetings that they would have back then, when my mom was the treasurer taking care of stuff, she would get up and read the uh, treasury report right down to, uh, we bought a light bulb for the uh, the scoring tower, mm -hmm. and, we, you know, and she was on it, like, that's the way that, you know, it was a business. Right. And the cart club should be run like, like a business, you know, and... Um, 
you know, people's got to pay to get in the gate. There's no favoritism. It, you know, it's it's just the way it is, and they run a, a tight ship and run it like a business, and and they uh, draw the carters there. I mean, they had them. Jay Darwin had a good following back then. I mean, as far as promoting the tracks and putting catchy names on, you know, different races mm -hmm. and events, it just kind of draw to draw people in, and I think that's you know what needs to be done. You need to make it exciting. You need to put like you know little little titles on on different races to kind of draw the racers in and make them feel like that they're racing for something and put the prestige back into the sport mm -hmm. you know yeah, I, I agree and that's what jay did back then you know, I, you know when they went to seaford that one time they had what was it called the friday night lightning series or something right like yeah they all like you said I, I didn't think about it until you just said mm -hmm. that but they always have like the little like the junior nationals, or, or like just little yeah, little caveat names for different thing and stuff. Yeah, exactly. The Pee Wee Nationals mm -hmm. and uh, stuff like that. And that's that's kind of something I always kind of thought too is like somehow to bring the prestige back because, like you said, even when we raced when we were younger, it was eight to twelve year old. There was one mm -hmm. class and it was junior sportsman. Now there's, you know, four classes for that, and I think it sometimes it gets a little drowned out and stuff like that. But, mm -hmm. So. Um, I do too, man. I, I remember when you ran uh, junior stuff too. You were you were good. You were competitive. Yeah, it wasn't wasn't too bad, man. Yeah. Um, I like I said I grew up around Piney Neck, and it's when you would see <clears throat> like on a state race, you would have like Richard Jarvis, and mm -hmm. like you know, like I, I mean, I followed you. You yeah. you'd have like Mark McFarlane coming Mark to town. Mark McFarlane, exactly. I uh, I actually sent him a, a message on Twitter and like kind of gave him like a little open invitation to come on here, man. Because it's people yeah. like that that yes, I just like to hear. You know, before I was really into doing tire, I just yep. like to hear their stories and that was like a rivalry one time too. I think honestly, when um, um, Jarvis would was running for Robinson Speed Shop, and we made the switch and went down to Jacksonville. We went with Moon, mm -hmm. and that ended up being like a a good rivalry there. You know what I mean? And um, it was fun back then, man. Even even when we were kids, like I I just I loved that type of rivalry. Not like in a bad way, but a competitive way. Like, mm -hmm. he was on one shop, we were on the other shop. It was it was fun to put uh, two and two, you know, just to race together like that. You know, we used to run uh, Robinson Speed Shop stuff with Mark McFarlane, too. You know, same time. He was a, he was a good competitor, too. He was always fast. McFarlane mm -hmm. was always fast, and Jarvis was always good. His dad, honestly, would put... You know, some different stuff in the cart and, and make it run. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. I used to hear stories about his dad would buy, like, used tires off of, uh, out of Ronnie's uh, showroom out there mm -hmm. where he had, like, a box of tires. Yeah, he used to have them up there. And both, and both them tires on and go to a national event, man, and be right up front. And probably, we were probably all putting, or I was probably putting new stuff on back then when mm -hmm. you should have had, instead of cut tires, just old <laughs> yeah. wore down tires. Right, you know? yeah. yeah. We just didn't time. know any better, yeah. 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 yeah, I remember back in, I still remember, it wasn't the first time he ran it, but I think it was a state race that, like, Ron Moon came, and he had, I think at that time it was, like, a 710 on the right front, Yeah, uh, and I was, it was just, it looked so weird, man, it's like, what the, that's when we had, like, five inch rims on the mm -hmm. left side, and something like that, so, uh, yep. that was pretty Six weird. inch right sides, five inches on the left side, mm -hmm. yeah. So now that, so as you're watching your kid go up, and obviously, you know, he's, if not, He's one of the top two or three junior drivers in the country. I mean, I think anyone that's that follows racing at all would agree to that. Mm -hmm. um, what are? Yeah, he's definitely man. We were and I. I didn't realize that. Um, 
<clears throat> he I guess he won also won the junior driver the, the year last year for the Virginia State mm-hmm. Series and stuff. And yeah. I, yep. he, he seemed pretty like surprised about that. And that's you know, mm-hmm. you got some tough competition down there and you know, it's it's kinda cool for me from a distance too that I'm not really being in it, but you know, I'll look at results and I'll see like Scotty Bader's kid and your kid. It's like all the people that like I really like grew up like racing with or against right. or something, it's like now the kids are getting into and mm-hmm. stuff. It's it's pretty cool, man, just to see and um it, it's just it makes you feel old sometimes a little yeah, bit. Yeah. Know? But um, yeah. well, definitely. <clears throat> so what uh as far as like moving forward, um, say more from like a dad aspect with your, your kid racing and stuff like that, how like how do you think about like his current racing? Do you have like do you have goals of where you might want to get him? Is it just race and do what you can afford and um you may he discussed maybe about doing some bandolero racing a little bit and um yeah like just as like a dad perspective that really knows racing like what kind of like what are your thoughts now where he might be ending or getting near the end of his karting um are you yeah, gonna i think we're gonna i mean we're gonna just test the waters a little bit gotcha yeah it makes out with the uh with the bandolero and then probably go with a uh a legend car and just go that route and see if he um, progresses in it. You know, he mm-hmm. might get in a car and say, you know, I don't like it at all. So we'll be back go kart racing. You know what I mean? Right. But um, if he progresses and wants to do, you know, the next step to the next level, we'll do what we can to to go to that next step and, <clears throat> and the next level and just see where it takes us. You know. Gotcha. Uh, definitely gonna have to do it with sponsors once he gets to a certain point. But right. <laughs> right. But. Uh, you know, he wants to try it out, so I'm gonna uh, I'm gonna follow with him. Yeah. yeah. Well, as a dad, man, that's all you can do is try yeah. to give him the best opportunity. Are there ever any times you're at these races and uh, and you just want to get back in the seat? Do you miss it at all, or oh, does your kid man. race and fulfill it? Like, how do you? It does actually, man. I used to never get nervous. Like, I can't remember a time when I was, you know racing myself that I was nervous other than when maybe I was a kid or something but you know like when I was hot and heavy racing the adult stuff and everything Mm -hmm. never uh never got nervous man but man when he gets on the racetrack man my leg starts shaking (laughs) like like, and I'm like and we got to the point where he'll he'll keep an eye out like where I'm at and I'll just let him know sometimes like you know where he's at on the track and you know what's going on and a couple signals and just Man, I'm up there, I'm shaking the whole time, yeah, and I'm, I'm hollering, and people's next to me. I've gotten a little better about it now that we've been racing for a year or two mm-hmm. and stuff like that, but when we start first started running those bigger races, man, I was like a crazy dad at the race, at the <laughs> fence, like, not like, yeah, hollering, yelling, but I would like, talk to him, like, like a like I had the remote control in my hand. I'd be like, no, 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 come left. All right, all right, come down left. And like I'm, I'm like at the fence saying this stuff out loud. And I'm looking around like, I, I'm sorry, I can't help it. Hmm. Yeah, when he won the junior big dog, the last uh, probably the last three laps, I had with like three to go. They gave five to go. I think he might have made a lap or two, and I fell right to my knees, and I was on my hands and knees like. And tapping the ground like, come on, boy, you got three more laps. <laughs> it's so exciting, man. Um, I have thought about getting in the seat. Yeah, I have, but that's, man, it's just a, it's a time factor, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, I actually did do it last year. Actually, I got in, I ran a VDK race. 
Okay. Yeah, I ran a BDA <clears throat> race and ran flathead, but I just got in one of uh, you know, on a premiere and ran and just had fun that day. But doing it competitively, I mean, I, w- I wish I could, honestly. I need to drop some weight now. Right. Yeah, I mean, I get get <clears throat> some of this weight off and get in shape. <laughs> but um, it would be fun. Try it out, but yeah, racing def- definitely f- fulfills it. Yeah. Well, like I said, we <clears throat> before I, w- I wasn't sure if you're gonna be able to make it today, so we um kind of sent some messages back and forth, and even just read it, man. Like you can tell, and even talking to him, and and you'll hear what he has to say about you, man. It's it's cool to see a father son bond like that, uh-huh. and um you know, and then you know he really he emphasized like how much you guys spend on the road, up and down, and talking and stuff like that. And I know having kids, it's it's hard sometimes to get that time because there's always something else going on or something else calling their attention. So yeah. to be locked in the car and you have to talk, I mean, even though that might be bad sometimes, it's also good that it's mm-hmm. going to give you that time that, you know, 15 years from now, you're going to look back on that. And it's, it's going to be the times like that. I think. Yeah. And he's such a good kid, man. It's so uh, easy. It's like, we're friends. Like we never fight, <clears throat> never, mm-hmm. you know, we never have to, I never have to argue with him when we're by ourselves riding up and down the road. It's like, like, it's like we're best friends, you know? Yeah. Well, he, He's a well-spoken young man, yeah. and, uh, and my wife teaches at his school, yeah. and and I told him too. I did a little research on him before I got him to come on here, and I, you know, teachers he's had in the past, and have all spoken highly of him, and you know, he seems like a good kid, man. So mm-hmm. it's hard these days to do that. And what is what's your favorite memory? I like to kind of hear your favorite memory in racing, as far as the go karting goes. Um, not only for yourself, but I'd also like to hear. The one for a race, and maybe it's the big dog race. You know, I'm not yeah. sure, but what are your what are your favorite two memories? One for you, and then one for your uh, your son. Um, I guess my my favorite memory is probably when uh, the first time I won Daytona. It was a big deal, man, to win Daytona. You know, mm-hmm. and um, when I won that race, it was it was really exciting. <laughs> so that's probably my uh, most favorite. Now, how and old then, were you then? I was. Um, Twelve. Twelve. Mm-hmm. Right, that's a big deal, man. Yeah. At the stadium, yeah. 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 Municipal Stadium was the place to go, wasn't it? A lot of go karts there. And uh, I, yeah, definitely racing, you know, the most favorite moment is uh, when we won the big dog. Mm-hmm. Man, that was the most exciting probably I've ever been. Right. Ever. <clears throat> you know, his sister was all excited, and she's we're up there screaming and hollering, and it, you know, we looked behind us and, you know, we actually went past the rope. Yeah, to get out there. To get out there. <laughs> Everybody's behind us. And, uh, you know, it was it was a cool deal, man, because that was his, basically his first year out of Red Plate. Mm-hmm. So we were, we started that season with Premier thinking that, you know, we're going to have some fun. Maybe we'll win a couple races. But, man, it just, it was, it just started off great, you know. And then the 2018 season was like, and even even better, he's had he definitely had some success, and uh, he's had the success because you know a lot he's had good people behind him. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Austin Banker putting in work all week, you know, every week to make sure that everything's right when we get there. And uh, you know, once we get there, Brad Langley took over on the tires and and done the tires at the racetrack and it was just a, a good combination we had uh you know jason higgy from higgy's house of power he was he was doing the motors and he was dedicated to doing the motors you know mm-hmm. i mean he had a when we started winning some of the bigger races i think it was 
just as much fun for him to put in the hard work and dedication to make sure that the motors were right before we got to the racetrack. And and honestly, man, I mended a, a relationship with uh, with Ace, man. Me and Ace, you know, back in the day would have, you know, not always see eye to eye, mm -hmm. you know. But uh, we, we got hooked up and he started giving us clutches, you know, at whole shot. And, mm -hmm. man, they're awesome clutches, you know what I mean? And, yeah. and he was hooking us up with that and... Um, getting us some good clutches and stuff. We live right down right down the street from each other. Why not, you know? Yeah. Why? Well, when I did my uh, podcast with him the other week, he, you know, he spoke highly of you and, uh, mm -hmm. and racing too, you know, just he was happy to be part of the team and I think, you yep. know, a good piece of the puzzle for you guys. I mean, he, Absolutely. he's got a nice little operation there and stuff yep. like that. So, yeah. It's, and it's it's awesome, man, for just someone that's not even racing right now or, or even involved, just to see people, I mean, literally 20 minutes away from me or 10 minutes away from me mm -hmm. at the top of the sport, you know, not only yeah. as a manufacturer of parts, but as a driver. And I mean, it's just, it's, it's nice to see. Cause we've only, you know, our area up here, we've always had like one or two good people at a time. You know I mean? Back when I was in here, it was you and Jarvis and this guy, mm -hmm. and Mace, you know, but it's cool to still kind of see the same names and stuff at the top of the sport, you know, 20, 30 years apart. So yeah. That's pretty cool for, yeah. you know, for our area. I always look at when I see you guys racing, it, um, I just look at it as like you guys are representing you know, Delaware. And it's kind of like a little, right. you know, everyone wants to root right. for the home yeah. team guy, yeah. man. So I, uh, <laughs> even before we, you know, I talk a race and I, I like him even more now that I've talked to him. But even mm -hmm. before, like I always rooted for you guys just... You know, well, I like to see people do good from our area. You know, if we're home racing each other, I don't know. I want to beat you, but if we're right. if we're yeah, going absolutely. away, I want you guys. I want yeah, us I'm both to be battling. I've yeah. always been the same way. Yep, yep, absolutely. Because I mean, you're you're running people all the time. You know, what I mean? so right. You might race competitively when you're at the house, but when you go away, you want to see somebody that's close to you and win the race. And so you're still involved. You're still doing the. the you have a tire prep line, right? Mm-hmm. So, and uh, that's called Dynamic Prep Knowledges. Yeah. And um, yeah, and anything I was I was telling racing to. I'm gonna put his links on there. So if you, I think you have a website and stuff, maybe or a Facebook page. Facebook yeah. Facebook, yeah. So uh, you know, I'll put links onto that. But what's um? Mm -hmm. Can you tell me a little bit about that, or anyone listening that? Just like an overview, or anything you want to say. I mean, it's it's up to you, man. Whatever. You yeah, want to I mean, it, I mean it. it definitely works well you know mm -hmm. i um we, we won a, a lot of races last year you know with the premier you know uh, bubba our banker he would he would run our stuff almost all the time last year um and uh won a lot of races with it for sure <laughs> um yeah he made the change last year basically to switch over and start running our stuff and you know, we just work good together me and mm -hmm. banker always work good together so, um, but yeah, a lot of, a lot of people's winning races on, I got three different preps. I got, um, you know, basically, uh, soft track, wet and medium track, hard track. Mm -hmm. And I saw a clear that's like, um, you know, it's, I, I think it's, it's a little more aggressive than Acrosol, but about like a, you know, a little under, uh, speedy 500 right mm -hmm. in, right in the range there. So I'm going to sell that clear and then we've got like straight goat, We you know, Mix nothing. Right. It's called dynamic P. That's what I call it. Right. So we got the goat P, and then we got the soft track, which is uh, um, great, and then we got the medium track, which is called Blue Bayou, and then we got the hard track, which is called uh, Orange Crush, and then uh, the clear we call uh, Acatac. Is so, that uh, so you can ship that and stuff too? Yep. So if someone gets on there, just mm -hmm. shoot you a message or something like that. Yeah, cool, cool, and uh, 
It's kind of funny. I was on I was on uh, Instagram. I don't know a while back, and I'm I just I like people that make things with their hands and stuff like that. And I, I mean I know you do you do good work. I've seen furniture and stuff you do and bookshelf. I'm mean, all kinds of shit, man. You mm-hmm. do a lot of nice stuff, but. The thing I was kind of looking at, and I didn't realize it was yours until I just started looking at the pictures. You have like a little, like a little sawmill type deal. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm just kind of curious, like on a personal level. I, so you you basically go out there. You have like a big saw, I guess, like a saw trailer type deal. And yeah. Yep. Yep. We can saw up. We can saw up uh, logs up to like 36 inches wide. Well, so you just yeah. is it like people? You know, they got some logs in their house and like around their house. And they're like, hey man, I really want to keep this and make something out hey, of make it. Make something out of it. Yeah, we can saw it up. So mm-hmm. you get right there and leave right there. That's pretty cool, man. I saw you were doing. Um, I guess it was you or someone that works for you doing like some, uh, like poly or like some kind of like um like an inlay. Like table, like coffee tables and stuff. Mm-hmm. It was like a like a plastic. I don't even know what. I don't yeah, know what resin. Some like, resin. Uh, okay, yeah. yeah. It was like some different like a colors. Pour, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Is that um just out of curiosity? Is that something like? Do you have a website for that? Or you have an Instagram? I guess. Yeah, oh. I don't do much on Instagram, but I got a website that uh, that has shows my furniture and uh, my other services that we do because we do remodel work and mm-hmm. uh, we got a painting division and. Then we do like interior trim work, like staircases or curl right. moldings or, you know, anything to, to upgrade the interior of your home. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and then um, we do uh, furniture, custom furniture, custom uh, built-in cabinets, uh, fireplaces, mantles, like old wood mantles mm-hmm. and stuff like that. And we saw our own wood from uh, local trees. Okay. Local like storm damage or like, you know, trees right. that are taken down for developments and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Like we take them and saw them up and then we built furniture and stuff out of it yeah like i said i mean i mm-hmm. i'm into that kind of stuff man and yeah. when i saw that i was and i saw it was you know i saw it was you i was like damn man this dude's into a little bit of everything yeah but, uh, i'm thinking about doing like um <clears throat> like like a different types of uh furniture that is like from the same tree that i can number mm-hmm. like pieces from the tree right like which storm took it down you know cause mm-hmm. i got some trees out there that were took down from like hurricane sandy that i'm saving that i want to do like uh like a furniture line where we, you know, we number it from and, that, and yeah. like a limited edition type yeah. of furniture. Yeah. We definitely, we live in the right area for mm-hmm. that, right? Down yeah. The beach and stuff like that, <laughs> yeah. man. I think uh, that's a pretty good idea, yeah. man. That's uh, that's cool. Well, I know we're getting to the end here. Um, is there anything you wanted to add? Uh, I'm sure this won't be the last time. I, I said something to Racing about at the end of the year, I wanted to get you guys to come back yeah. and maybe just do like a little overview on the season and stuff, but um, anything else you want to throw out there, man? It's There's no rush, but... Nah, I don't know. I'm not, I mean, really, I'm not a real big talker. Yeah. You know, I'm a little bit more reserved, unless you make me mad, and then I get a little bit more outspoken. I, I might have seen that once or twice. Yeah. <laughs> I may have caused that once or twice. You never know. But, you know, um, I don't know. I just... I love the sport, man. I just I can't I can't get enough of it. And and you know once you know if anybody new wants to get into the sport, I just recommend them to just you know start slow mm-hmm. and uh, work your way into it, man. And just pay attention. And you gotta have you gotta have the drive. Even at a local level, I feel like you you, know, you just can't neglect the cart. Like come home and you know you you're just gonna wash it, and walk away from it, and come back Saturday and look and go to the racetrack. Like you gotta. You gotta be up mm-hmm. on your game even on on a Saturday night level. You know? Yeah, absolutely. Um, if you're not, there'll be another Chad Hayes out there that is. You yeah, know? I mean, that's that's just the truth of it, man. Like somebody's gonna want it as much as you or more. So yeah, 
Yeah, you got to be hungry. If you want to win races, you got to be hungry, man, and put in the work and pay attention and ask questions. And, mm -hmm. um, I mean, it, it, a lot of a lot of the stuff's right at your fingertips anymore, you know? Yeah. With the, all the tire prep lines and the, the, the tire guys that are doing tires. And, you know, there's so many places that you can call and just get information mm -hmm. right away because they want to sell their product. Yeah, and, uh, and something you alluded to earlier is... You know, there's a lot of people out there, but pick one yep. and either make it work or don't and move on. But yeah, you'll only know do one. Right. Yeah. You'll know when it's right. If you're dealing with somebody and they're helping you out and, and you're you're running uh, sixth or seventh and you get the third, you know, hey, you're making an improvement. You might not be winning races yet, but you're getting there because you might not even always have all the information yet. Maybe, maybe he's just kind of getting leading you in the right direction and then once you get to that level he's going to you know get you a little bit closer because if you just tell him too much at one time he can't take it all in you know mm -hmm. what i mean so um just stick it out man you, you'll know when it's the right person if you're headed in the right direction stick it out with them and you know they'll they'll keep you going absolutely uh, well chad i appreciate it and uh like i said this won't be the last time but anyone listening you know i, I certainly do appreciate um, I mean, not just you, <clears throat> adding excitement. Actually, you know what? One more thing. How did you get the, uh, I mean, I probably maybe have an idea, but how did you get the nickname Mr. Excitement? Oh, you knew that too? I guess I put it on my helmet, right? <laughs> so, I, I, don't know. I mean, I may know, maybe have an idea, but like just, um, I'm sure there's a story maybe behind it. Well, there's a lot of excitement to travel with me, you know what I mean? I agree. Um, you know, I, I love to win. I love to win so much, like I would... You know, if it come down to the last lap, you know, you're getting moved out of the way, we're going to win the race, mm -hmm. you know, and uh, I guess, you know, we won, a, we won a lot, and there was always excitement because I, I I feel like a lot of people were, I don't know, I don't want to get to the point where I, like, I sound like cocky or stupid or anything, but, but on, you know, on a local level, man, we won a lot of races, right, mm -hmm. and uh I just feel like people were almost like picking at me sometimes. Like they would just, yeah, they wanted to, they wanted to beat me so bad that, you know, they would do anything. So it, it was like tit for tat. So they they would run into me, and the next week I'd give them back, give it back to them. It was like the exciting NASCAR deals. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. It was fun back then, though. Don't you agree? Yeah, I agree, man. I agree. Well, you probably don't a hundred percent agree because you weren't all about like the drama and stuff. Well, like I mean, I'm, and I really wasn't either. That's not for me. But I'll be honest. I mean, not that we've always seen eye to eye. But what we, Randy say is selling tickets. Yeah, uh, <laughs> yeah, essentially, and. Uh, but I mean, maybe you know, we I mean, we raced against each other a little bit. We never had any mm. really big issues. Mm. Um, and even when I was helping Brandon, and, you know, Brandon and Alex stuff like that. Like Brandon was always younger than you, so we only raced a couple of years. But um, yeah. you know, I saw it out there, and I, I think a lot of it was you know we've talked to. I mean, if we've had any problems, it's been because we've both been competitive and mm -hmm. young and dumb. And you know, I I don't want to be judged on who I was ten years ago, and I, no, you know, and I, I think no. we both have kids now, and I think. Looking back on it in perspective, I mean, we were competitive. I like, I mean, I I respect the fact now. Maybe I didn't agree with everything you did on the track, and, right? And and uh, and maybe I didn't win and won it, or maybe I wouldn't have won it. You know, maybe I didn't want to win it bad enough to do whatever it took, and uh, and that's my fault too. But I think it is what it is, man. And I don't think you know we all helped the sport grow. I think a little bit. And, mm -hmm. I and, think it was all part of. I mean, back yeah. then, man, think about it. Like you know, you had to get the guys that were you know that wanted it and they were a little bit more quiet about it and then you had the guys that were yeah. you know different 
had different teams back then, you know, just the small rivalries and stuff. I think it it was exciting. Like they, it, honestly, in a way, what Randy Campbell always used to say, selling tickets, it, it was selling tickets. Yeah. You know what I mean? No, I agree. You man. had some fence hangers down there back when, you know, had the first Diamond State 50 race and all that, you know. Yeah, they were exciting times, man. I, I hope for... You know, I hope for the people that are getting into it, and even your son. I like. I wish that they <clears throat> they could experience like the first Diamond State Fifty. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like the five classes, like everybody you know that lived anywhere around was there putting mm-hmm. their best. Like it was, it was the Thanksgiving Thunder of Delaware. You it know? was. I mean, it was the, Excited, big, the biggest right? thing. And um, regardless of who won, I mean, and the thing is, a lot of different people won. I mean, whether it be you or Richie or maybe Van Lanningham or us or. You know, I, whoever, man, and um, it it was exciting, and and maybe we're working, you know, maybe we're working back towards that, but um, yeah, it'd be you know. great, it'd be great, man, it would, and, you uh, know, have one good race at the Diamond State Fifty. I mean, it was, I think Jacob would come up with that. Yeah, I think yeah. it was him, and they got I think G Man to jump on and um yeah, and help out with some sponsorship. He was a good man, G Man was a good man. He used to uh. When I was running juniors, actually, I used to run his seats and his bodies and everything. And, I thought and, so. I was thinking about that yeah. when uh, Richie and I were talking about it. So mm-hmm. I thought you did. Yeah, yeah I, was, I was basically, you know, he would give me bodies and seats. And he would be at the scales at a national event with a $50 bill if I won the race. <laughs> Every time he'd be right there, $50 right there. So he was, you know, and then when we'd go out of our cart shop and stuff, man, he would deliver bodies and, and everything. Like, he would travel, like, the whole country pretty much. And, mm-hmm delivering stuff out of his box van, you know. He would come up there and hang out at the shop for hours. G-Man was just a a good man, for sure. Loved the sport, good for the sport. Yeah, I've heard, you know, I mean, I knew him from a distance, a little bit younger, but, you know, never heard a bad thing about him. And, uh, you know, just something you kind of alluded to as far as you just said something about your shop. I... Like, I I mean, I didn't go down there a whole lot. Like, I would always slip down there during the day and meet your dad and grab mm-hmm. tires because I didn't want to do all the people. Right. But I know a lot of people, just like it, you know, used to be at Robinson's and, um, you know, at your place, like, it was almost like a little hangout, you know? I mean, people sat around. You, mm-hmm. If you stayed around long enough and, and really tried to listen, like, you would learn stuff. You and, would. And I, yeah. and I, in my opinion, and, you know, I missed that if you went down to Robinson's Speed Shop and, you know, even down to your places like, a few yeah. times I've been. and. I'm kind of hoping like this podcast almost um, not replaces it, but it's some kind of like a cool thing, even for people that aren't in it. Just to, you know, I I think anyone that would listen to you talk will not only learn about their go karting, but their kids, just the overall thought process and stuff like that. So, um, you know, I appreciate your time, and like I said, I'll post I'll post links to anything that you want me to. And um, like I said, we just did one with your son, and we're gonna do another one with both of you at the end of the year, just kind of do like a little recap. So, um, yeah, other than that, man, I appreciate your time, Chad, and uh. Like I said, I'm sure it won't be the last time, but it was it was good catching up with you, man. I, I know uh, we ne- we haven't talked this long forever. So. <laughs> yeah, probably never, right? <laughs> yeah. Or ever before now. No, so yeah. hopefully it's not the last time, man. All right, so, all right everyone. Um, appreciate it. Hey, man, I appreciate it. It yeah. was a good time. All right, folks, there you have it. Uh, as always, if you see Chad or any of the guests that have previously been on here, uh, the only thing I really ask is just stop by, tell them thank you, have a chat with them, tell them how much you appreciate it. Um, everyone's coming on here to share stories, share knowledge, or give information. And especially as a parent, I think it was kind of cool to have this episode. I think it shed some light into uh, what's generally not spoken of. You know, you usually have 
you know, you usually talk to people and you get someone to your tires or you talk about tires and things like that, but rarely do we ever kind of explore some of the background into kids and junior drivers and kind of how to coach them and maybe some of the conversations to have. And it may not be exactly, but I think it'll at least spark some ideas on, on which direction to go. So again, if you see Chad, uh, tell him thank you. And as always, I will post links to both Chad and his companies, as well as uh, even like we discussed with the furniture making and things like that. I think it's pretty cool to have people do things with their hands and to make stuff and be creative. And I think that he does a good job at that. So again, I'll post links to all that and I'll tag him as well into any of the Facebook posts that I have that come up. And again, we'll talk to you later.